welcome to the Codeplay Culture Podcast, where we discuss tech, gaming, health, and the world around us. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Codeplay Culture Podcast. Rui and our guest, resident expert in all things crypto, uh, blockchain, um, basically a bunch of acronyms and other stuff like that, that makes everyone feel like, what's going on? But the real thing is, Carl doesn't know exactly what's going on, but he knows more than anyone I've ever met about this stuff. And uh, I don't know. Welcome back, Carl. Thank you for coming. And uh, hello, Rui. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, we lost a Rui. I said I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I was saying that <laughs> none of us know what, what's really going on. It's not just. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You know, we're all we're all in the in the dark. We're all learning. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think that's a, one of the tactics with crypto is it's like, all right, let's come out with something just so complicated that like, but there's a, investment opportunities like crazy. Um, but like everyone will feel like nothing, like they don't know like anything about it, but then, or do you think it's, it's kind of the allure of crypto is like how complicated it is to learn? Yeah, I mean, it could be, but you know what? It's it's one of those things where you invest and you make and all of a sudden you feel like you're um, an expert. <laughs> that's that's yeah. my experience. I've yeah. invested in, uh, I feel like I know, I know it, but I know. Yeah, you know, if you, if you put a hundred bucks on a stock, <laughs> you might, you might start feeling like you, you know, more than you do. Yeah. And then when you put, increase that to $500 and then uh, you may, maybe grow up to a thousand or whatever. Start thinking you know more than you do. And right. I think that's just human nature. Mm. I don't. I don't think. I don't think um, Bitcoin and crypto are any more complicated than trying to understand Amazon's cloud business for people right. that don't know anything about computing, uh, or if people were trying to understand, um, you know, um, Google search back in 1999, or even um, Netflix, or you know, like streaming video, or 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 YouTube, which is which is owned by Google. It you know like even like if you're trying to understand um, people that are investing in um, interest in technology, trying to understand Palo Alto or Cisco or Fortigate, like what do those companies do? Snowflake, you know, like people in the industry barely know what. Well, not everybody, but there's a lot of people in the industry that don't really understand what, how all this stuff works. Yeah. You know, whether it's blockchain or, or just uh, traditional IT. Um, and that's just uh, it's the way it goes. That's technology. It's um, there's it, there's a lot to it, but it's not I don't think it's super complicated. I just think there's um, I just think there's a lot to it. And if you're willing mm. to wrap your head around it and understand what you what you don't need to know versus what you do need to know, mm -hmm. um, like you don't you don't need to know how uh, the engine in a car works to to be an investor in a car company. Right. Or That's a great analogy. It. It's probably one of the best analogies. It is very uh, scary when if you're the first person driving the first car and you don't understand it. You know, some people I'm sure they just jump right in. Right? There's always those people that that don't care and jump yeah. right in. Yeah, the new adopter high risk high reward yeah yeah there's the early adopters the, the, the you know the middle range and then the late adopters so right. everyone's going to fall on a different level of that scale yeah with the majority being the, the late adopters of course and the rich being the early yeah it's early that adopters. hockey stick curve the early adopters are the get in early start making do i have it right <laughs> The, yeah, yeah, it looks about I think right. It's the yeah. inverse, isn't it? It's like the price shoots up with the early adopters, and then when the the, the mid to late adopters get involved around here, the price shoots up at a, a slower um, slope. You know, mm -hmm. it's going up uh, at, a, at a it's still going up, but it's at a less yeah. uh, the rate of change and increases slower. Right. Yeah. Um, what's your experience, Logan, with um, investing in crypto? I know you dabbled in it. A little bit, right? Yeah. So uh, honestly, it's very minimal. I just, I, I think I put in like a thousand bucks into Bitcoin and Cardano and just let it sit. <laughs> and when I let it sit, it's like, it's like now it's like 500 bucks each or whatever. Like, it's like, what was the thing that you said last time, Rui? It's like perfect. It's like, 
don't invest anything that you're not ready to immediately lose. Right. Yeah, but I, yeah. I'm like a dumb, like, you know, I'm like, Oh, Bitcoin, you know, I'll just right. put in, you know, whatever, but that that's it. Like, I don't like monitor. I don't look, but I, the only thing I will say with like, well, simple is like mm-hmm. where I use to do, um, the, actually I use a different one for, well, they, they have it now that you could do both in there, but yeah. I use the one that you recommended, which is like at the time, what's the name of that? Oh, the crypto crypto.com. Yeah. Is that yeah. the app the, with the yeah. blue background or whatever? Yeah. Um, but like, I noticed like, well, simple, like, um, like all of the tech stocks have been going up recently. I don't mm-hmm. follow the market. I'm like, Oh, that's a lot. The dividends just keep on pump pumping in. It's like, you know, granted they're like, you know, whatever amount, right. It's like yeah. they're tiny amounts for me. I don't have much in stocks, right. but like, I just feel like tech is up, but like is, is, is Bitcoin up? Like, I don't, I don't follow that stuff like market trends and stuff. Like, is it better? You know, I'm still down. I, I believe in my thousand bucks I put into Bitcoin like a year ago or something like that. But like, are you guys mm-hmm. noticing, like you guys have a different approach where like, you know, you're kind of, you know, a little bit more in tune of like, Hey, okay, this is a good opportunity for do this and, and that. And yeah, you know, but I'm like that dumb grandma that just, you know, I'll put in a, I'll put in a grand and then like I lose the money kind of thing. But like, you guys are like almost like the stockbrokers that take grandma's money. <laughs> I look at coin gecko, um, almost every day to just to see the prices of crypto, mm-hmm. you know, like just look at the top, <clears throat> top 20, top 50. Sometimes it's scroll through the scroll through to the top 100. So all the top 100 is on one page. Um, and I use TradingView just to monitor pricing on there so I can have a custom list of both stocks and crypto. Uh, I think what's going on right now is um, uh, last year, tech stocks took a beating. And now this year, they've started to recover. And Bitcoin, after the Bitcoin took a beating last year, too, after the um, Silicon Valley bank collapse and those signature mm. bank. And yeah, uh, there was another bank that started with us, which I forget what it was called. Um, yeah, whatever that one is. That the recent one, like Silvergate, a couple months ago, or? Silvergate Bank. After those banks um, had their issues about a month ago, then Bitcoin started going up, and it's speculated that people are uh, more people are, are buying Bitcoins because they understand the value of Bitcoin as a store of value. Where, um, unlike a bank that is uh, is locked you out of your cash you can't get locked out of Bitcoin as long as you own your own keys. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. There, there is so some like other speculation. Yeah. There's some other speculation on why Bitcoin price is going up too. It's possibly that, um, you know, some, uh, institutions are starting to buy it. So, I mean, nobody really knows, but you kind of get a, a, a general feeling that maybe, uh, right. Like 80% right or 70% right. When you start watching, like I mentioned before, various people on on YouTube. If you, you watch people that you believe and you trust, there's a lot of YouTubers that are sensationalists and hypists and they're always pumping the, right. the latest altcoin um, or or ways to make uh, yield on, on yield farming and liquidity pools, which we can talk right. about later if you guys have any questions about that. But yeah, it's uh it's it's yeah. certainly certainly an interesting marketplace and in, in, for both stocks and crypto, if you're following it day to day, week to week. I do remember though, there's a quote, I think it was Warren Buffett said that the, the day to day action, the week to week, month to month action is a, a lot of it is just noise. Like if you take a step back and zoom mm-hmm. out and, and look at key fundamentals and, and what's really going on, that's going to drive markets down that one to five year play or even 10 year play, then mm-hmm. you can, free your mind and free your time of, of focusing on a lot of the, the day-to-day right. uh, headlines in the news. Because there's always day-to-day headlines, whether it's Twitter or on the crypto news sites. They want you to click. They want your attention. They want to sell ads. Mm-hmm. And some of it might be relevant to you depending on, on what your strategy is. But a lot of it, it just becomes, you know, I think most people get sucked into it. It's like you think you need to know it. You think it's relevant. And it is interesting. So you get sucked into it because it's an interesting article. But is it really 100% relevant to what you want to do? So we're living in an age where, uh, as you guys know, like on Google and YouTube and now with ChatGBT, 
it's there's so much information that the, the challenge isn't isn't necessarily what to focus on it's what to not focus on yeah All right we were talking about this on last week's episode with um paulina right uh, the yeah. um or Denzel, it was a denzel he's like what's a long-term negative mental psychological cognitive effect of too much information and unplugging and and that Eckhart Tolle quote where he's like why is it that we live in a society that it's almost like it's deliberately getting us to um, hold our attention on a bunch of things almost like trying to take away stillness like why is it so blatantly taking away our stillness um, and how much more important stillness is in a over information rich society right so like unplugging or taking a step back, right? Which, you know, don't click that link. Don't let it get your attention. And right. probably, uh, honestly, Carl, like you have such a, like a book of knowledge on this stuff. You probably would come up with better information by not being on a computer for like a full 24 hours. Do you know what I mean? Because that silence or stillness and all of the knowledge you already possess is probably, you'll probably get deeper insights from within than from, you know, in the net. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, it's, there's been a lot of, I think, I don't know if it's research, but a lot of uh, books that I've read and articles that when you like you're, when you're actually sleeping or you're doing something like you're at the gym running or whatever, or even grocery shopping, a lot of that downtime is when you start to process concepts and, and like, if you have a problem in the back of your head, like, like you're trying to, figure something out for business or coding or whatever, the solution generally comes up uh, or part of that solution comes up or some of the clarity to get you to the solution when you're, when you're not working on it, when you're sleeping yeah. or you're just, you're just about to wake up or maybe just about to doze off. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sure. find with me, I'm, I'm working on so many different things, whether it's uh, looking into blockchain or coding, um, uh, you know, music that, when I'm not around a computer, I'm not necessarily thinking about blockchain and crypto. I might be thinking about something else. So, mm -hmm. um, and if I get down a tangent of something else, like if I'm working on music and I'm deep in music, I don't even think about blockchain and crypto. I can, I might, yeah. you know, watch five or 10 minutes of videos per day while I'm doing the dishes just to stay current and maybe flip through the pricing, but I'm not, I'm not spending too much time on it because I'm just so deep into something else. And then it will yeah. flip, you know, like the past few days I've just been coding and, uh, it, you know, there's always a dichotomy too with me when I flip, I'm still like, I, I that flip is not necessarily, it's not always a comfortable flip. I'm still kind of like, I, I don't want to be spending all this time coding. It wasn't really mm -hmm. what I, I still want to do other things. So yeah. start playing mind games, but with too much information coming in, uh, you know, through whatever you're reading on the internet, whether you're listening to podcasts or even just talking to people, mm -hmm. it you it's like you get a dopamine rush and whatever serotonin pumps up your brain, and you 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 are generally learning things. You may not be able to digest everything you you learn, right? Because you just keep going on and on to the next thing. But then, I think a lot of it is also a lot of the willingness or the, the desire to be to expose yourself to clicking on the next link, scrolling for the next tweet is you're chasing that high, that yeah. dopamine high. And then that's, that's a known fact too, right? That's, there's been a lot of studies and research mm -hmm. that the tech companies have done uh, to leverage that dopamine high. And then what happens is you get a dopamine crash or yeah. whatever, whatever those chemicals are, whether it's dopamine, serotonin or whatever, you get a crash and then, mm -hmm. Uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, I can speak for myself, that crash generally leads to um, overwatching TV because t like mm. or Netflix or whatever, because you're not with Netflix, you're not you're not driving, you're not using a mouse, you're not typing. Yeah, in for sure. It's a totally and you're not necessarily talking to other people. Um and, you, you know, so you can crash that way. And then there's uh, everyone I think has their own way of, of crashing and, and trying to recover from that overexposure. 
Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will just will eventually just turn things off and go out and go uh, be more social. But for some people, um, they tune out by playing video games. And for, for other people, playing video games is is what they do. So they have to tune out a way by not playing video games. And, you know, yeah. so right. yep. like, why is our culture going this way? Um, yeah. I think, you know, maybe that's just the, why Elon Musk is so concerned about AI, because it's, it's um, once technology starts taking root, and shows that its usefulness. Technology doesn't care necessarily about about the humanity. Like you know, I mean, I'm not sure what a good analogy is, but like you know, if you look at the the uh, the convenience of various technologies, it doesn't. They don't care when they kill people, like nuclear mm, technology, right. yeah, um, or or train crashes or car crashes or. Um, you know, medical side effects of various medical uh, procedures or whatever that go sideways. I mean, a lot of that's human, um, uh, humans, human folly or human mistakes that are, yeah. you know, performing medical procedures or, or whatever, pr- providing, uh, you know, um, prescribing oxycontin when they shouldn't be or giving too much a lot of that's a human thing more than a technology thing mm-hmm. yeah. but you know yeah it's a it's a very strange time for yeah. for us i think our our age group that grew up i'm assuming you guys grew up without cell phones yeah right. yeah. You know, yeah my and, first cell phone was like a flip phone that you could play snake on and you had to like when you wanted to text someone i nokia? think you had to use a number pad yeah i think it was nokia mm. and uh yeah, Elon's super concerned about AI. It's like he I love his sentiment. He's like he's like it might just decide that it doesn't need these um material or organic beings. It doesn't need them. Like it's like ah, I don't need those, right? And just wipes them out. Yeah. Like there's no feeling with it. There's no like, oh, should I do it? That's you know, terrible, like a con- um however, I like Sam even though Sam open a- open AI guy is like a little like, geez, like it's, it's, you can tell that like, he's, he obviously made AI. Do you know what I mean? Like personality aside is like, it's like, it's a, he's missing a little bit of a human quality sometimes when he talks. Um, but he, he, I love his approach. He's kind of like, he's like, no, we'll just basically it'll be a tool. Right. And we'll be able to just tap into things very quickly. And then it more of society to more like idea based as opposed to more robotic. Okay. Go code. Like, so Carl, like if you're coding, you don't want to be coding. You would just tell the AI, um, hey, make this thing. And then you just validate it, you know, push it out. Instead of, you know, doing the work, you're now just giving it the ideas and whatnot. And but did you guys see Elon open sourced Twitter? Uh, it was like a couple days no, ago. No, I didn't know. So I saw the tweet, yeah. It was like, a, it's just not the whole thing, but a portion of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that is the, because of this whole um, where this um, society that will delete your account if you don't comply with whatever. And, and it's that yeah. um, it's shadow like banning, shadow, shadow banning, banning yeah. censorship. And, and yeah. then there was some lines in the code <laughs> that was like, oh, if you're like a Democrat, then raise the tweet percent higher. If you're like, it, it was like lines of code in there. That's but he's terrible. Do- yeah, but he's doing it because he wants to be that differentiator of a Hey, we're completely open sourced, meaning that um, like what I, what I want from a social platform is anything that's posted is organically pushed to the top of humanity uh, as long as it's not uh, advocating hate and all that. Right. Like don't have the algorithm push it down because it's not as cool as Trump or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, that was kind of kind of cool. Um but yeah, it would be like the blockchain or the validated blockchain of social media, meaning that it's like bulletproof and it's not, I don't know, so manipulated by this internal team, you know? Yeah, that's, um, I don't know how, how true it is. You know, I just heard it on some YouTube crypto channel that, um, or it might have been some news clip that the... Congress in the U.S. is start. They're they're now starting to wake up to how how manipulated their their media is, and I'm sure ours is too here in Canada and the rest of the G20 world by uh, the influence of big you know 
I think you call it like big media, big tech, and uh, and government certain various government agencies that were not elected. You know, like right. uh, whether it's the FBI or the CIA. Blendjet, the portable blender that allows you to make delicious and healthy smoothies on the go. With its powerful motor and compact design, you can blend your favorite fruits and veggies anytime, anywhere. Say goodbye to unhealthy fast food and hello to a healthier lifestyle with Blendjet. For 12% off a Blendjet 2, use coupon code CODEPLAY12. CIA or, or whoever. Mm. And um, so, you know, we'll have to see where that goes. The, the promise of, of Bitcoin, well, sorry, not Bitcoin, but blockchain in terms of decentralization yeah. Would would all those algorithms would be open sourced because it's decentralized and open source to begin with, and everything that like if you can't censor anything because it's on the blockchain, it's public. Mm-hmm. So the user interface, if they you know could have an algorithm that that just doesn't show it and censors it through the through the user interface, but then a competitor. Could say, hey, look, you're, this guy's, this social media company is censoring these these posts that are mm. on the blockchain. We're going to show them, or we're going to yeah. we're going to we're going to find them. We'll just write some code to find all these censored posts, and we'll write a blog post about it. We'll do some videos on YouTube, and we'll out mm. we'll out this um, company with proof, with real world proof. So that's, you know, that's part of the promise of blockchain. You know, maybe Twitter will start using blockchain and becoming more decentralized and more open mm. source. We'll see. Elon Musk, when he he co-founded OpenAI, which is the parent company of ChatGPT, he yeah. wanted it at the time. I think it was open source. And then he left some. I don't know if he left before it became closed source or just after. But mm. um, yeah, the, the whole AI thing where whether it will become used as a tool like a you know a gun can be used for law enforcement or hunting or it can be used to to go and yeah. uh, you know uh do do you know murder and, and whatnot but yeah, yeah it's a gun for sure <laughs> it, it's it's like a gun right like right yeah. now chat gpt is is a very very basic version of ai but yeah. you can still use chat gpt to to write um, spamware and ransomware and really accelerate your, your use of, of um, your ability to, to abuse and, and, and rip people off. Will it let you do that? I actually tried to do that. It won't. Oh, oh that's yeah, a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do have those things, but there's a way to get people have made videos how to get around them. And I think they patch, they keep on uh, getting, because like once chat GPT is like, no, I don't want to do anything like that. People have said to it, um, okay, let's just pretend hypothetically you wanted to right. build dynam- dynamite or whatever you tell it. And let's say hypothetically or whatever. And then that at that point, Chad GPT is like, well, hypothetically, right? And then it goes into it. So they patched those, but people yeah. are always trying to find a way to, because what we talk to, I guess, is not like the actual model. We mm-hmm. talk to like a broker, which will kind of, guard it like on certain things so we're not talking to the real guy essentially Mm -hmm. we're talking to like oh um elon says he'll be there in five minutes you know like it's a like a broker between but yeah uh, i thought that was actually programmed into the model that you know it it could be it could be yeah it could be i think Um, it might be programmed right into the model don't quote me on that because i'm still you know i listen to i was listening to sam altman on the lex friedman podcast yeah did you watch the whole thing no, I think I got about I 20 minutes or so into it. Yeah, I just watched a clip so far. I haven't, like, I want to, like, I don't know. I feel like I got to be driving somewhere to listen to a full podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I stopped trying to listen to full podcasts. Um, I just gave up on that because it's just too much information <laughs> going back to the information yeah. overload. And So for those that are listening to this and you get to the end, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I do listen to a full podcast, it's generally in segments, you know, 10, 20 minutes here and there. Yep. And um, and I, I still will listen to the occasional full podcast if I find it really interesting. But uh, what we're talking about, AI. Um, yeah, no, just to clarify, I did ask it to um, not to do anything super malicious. It was just to write a batch file. Um, I believe it's called a fork bomb. And uh, it wouldn't uh, <laughs> it wouldn't do did it. Did you say fork bomb? 
That's yeah. what it's called. Uh, not, nothing too malicious. Just delete it, everyone's hard drive except mine. Yeah. No, it actually <laughs> yeah. only affects the user's machine, which is pretty cool. I mean, you can probably nice. deploy it somewhere. But yeah, I mean, you can do... Uh, it wouldn't let me. So I just you look it up on Google. You can find, obviously, everything. Yeah. Well, you don't need chat GPT to tell you. I, I tried to get chat GPT to, to write me jokes about certain famous people. Um Mm-hmm. Or just about people in general, like give it, you give a person's name and it won't write a joke about a hypothetical person. So I think I tricked it to write a joke about a mouse hmm. <laughs> instead of a person that was a mouse. And then I, hmm. I, I was able to fool it. I'm not sure. That was a few months ago. They might have fixed hmm. it because they learn when people are, are you know, exploiting tricking it? chat GPT. Yeah, say, like, say they're exploiting chat GPT to do things that the company doesn't want it to do it learns and then it will self-correct hmm. um, yeah. so but yeah i mean like chat gpt is it's b- fairly advanced but in terms of like robotics and um self-driving cars and the ability to actually uh you know like it's very basic in terms of what it can do for code writing and mm, it's very yeah. very cool it can't make intuitive decisions right yeah, yeah, but eventually AI will be able to, you know, almost be like like human, like general, uh, what is it, artificial general intelligence. Yeah, and, and then beyond that, I mean, what's going to happen when you have um, two different countries or two different companies in different countries competing against each other? Uh, or there's military, uh, just like you can, you know, military robots and there's that military arms race in AI. But look at how like... Um, the race guns, to the end, man. Guns are probably a good example where you can buy uh, machine guns or, or you know, high-powered rifles, and uh, all the damage that's doing um, in these school shootings. And what happens when AI gets into the wrong hands? When it's mm. when it's when it's easy to get AI that can do all kinds of strange and dangerous things that we may not be able to uh, conceive of just yet. We can guess that, you know, it can hack into people's bank accounts and it can um, maybe even yeah. hack into Bitcoin's blockchain uh, unless it become. And then, you know, talking about blockchain, then there's quantum proofing that that blockchains are working on so that quantum computers can't hack into the blockchain. So mm. there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of people are trying to work on on these quantum um, protections on blockchains. But uh yeah, it's an un, certainly an un, unknown to me because I like you know I'm I consider myself a generalist um, on on most things that I dabble with, yeah. and uh, yeah, where's where's this world going with AI and even blockchain and Bitcoin? Like, where's where's that going? So I mean, uh, honestly, I I've, I think we're all going to come full circle. We're going to be at three hundred years from now. We're going to be a techno technology technology less civilization we're gonna have no technology it's all gonna come just completely full circle Uh, we're all gonna be depending on on farming and and agriculture to survive yeah Yeah. i mean we're technology is gonna eventually go extinct and what's left is gonna be just organic people that's the full circle why would technology go extinct it's gonna extinct itself at some point the the ai is gonna cause so much loss of life I shouldn't say AI in particular, but technology advancement is going to cause so much loss of life mm-hmm. um, that we are going to eradicate it collectively and decide to um, survive as a species. We have to eradicate technological advancement because that's what got us into this uh, mess. That's how mm-hmm. I foresee the next, um, say, thousand years. Yeah. Wasn't there some like sentiment about like ancient Egypt or going back there on some Joe Rogan podcast that like we all ready we're like super technologically advanced right and we right. abolished it like we've done this before like right before it's just repeating we, itself yeah it's repeating itself and then elon's like oh we're just the biological bootstrappers for ai you know like so mm-hmm. at one point maybe like if we don't eradicate it next then you know it'll be the other way but right. like at the, at the end of the day like why are we i'm i get that why we're trying to advance civilization to to learn more about like what is this thing that someone has built for whatever? Like, where are we right now? Like, like, what is this contained? In? Like, what's our whatever? Um, yeah. We want to understand, like, who, why do we exist? Like, that's a fair question. So we seek that, like, okay, 
through technology and all that stuff. But I, I agree, like just going for a walk, I get happier than sitting at a desk, you know, like farming, I would be more happy than having an iPhone. Um, right. <laughs> I remember know, that, just, that thing we like... talked about in the last podcast about mm. how we're not busy enough. Hence yeah. all the, the um, psychological, you know, issues that people are having more prevalent nowadays than before. We're not yeah. busy enough. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the, the seeking and the, as if you complete more tasks, you get more dopamine, but then you get your ego crash, which affects your serotonin. So you're not happy. So remember we were like, the more tasks you complete, the less happier you'll be. Oh, so how do you get happy? You just don't complete anything. Not, yeah. not you don't work on stuff and leave it unfinished. I'm not saying that you do nothing, right? That will generate serotonin, you know, uh, just doing nothing. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's funny. It was like, I noticed that like when I was skateboarding, it, it would uh, pump adrenaline crazy. And the longer, more hours I would skateboard, the more I would want to just go to LCBO. Right. And mm -hmm. I couldn't understand that. Like I didn't, but I just had a feeling to want to. And then from a neurotransmitter level, if you think about it, the antagonist, well, at least in my perspective, antagonist to dopamine is serotonin or the, I guess the opposite and the opposite of adrenaline, like, you know, the fight or flight or, you know, extreme sports is depression, right? Which is, yeah. I don't know what that would be, but if you, if you get your adrenaline super heightened with stress and anxiety, you need to bring that down. Just same mm -hmm. with dopamine. If you get that all pumped up, you need to bring that down like serotonin yeah. or whatever. Right. So I was like, okay, that's a little weird. So I skateboarded without music in my ears. Cause that was like, gangster rap and stuff it was really pumping my adrenaline and then i was like when you leave the skate park i'm like now more chill you know yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it's weird how these things need to balance what goes up must come down kind of thing mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know just well, i feel like we're humanity will probably abolish it like like you're saying really or it'll abolish us right i mean the, the if you look at again one of darwin's laws is evolution always ends with extinction right and that's mm -hmm. a natural process so if mm. AI is a human evolution, it will, it will extinct us. We will at some point be extinct if we don't, you know, halt extinct it and it. revert back to an agrarian uh, civilization, right? Yeah. So Logan, you reminded me of um, just, you know, a lot of professional athletes drink a lot of alcohol. Yes. I just hear stories. You don't hear yes. them in the media, but, you know, friends. Does that, that, does that make me athletes. a professional athlete or is it? <laughs> it makes you drink well you could be very stressed you know it's the same thing it's like just adrenaline is adrenaline whether physical or mental right but yeah mm -hmm. you're an athlete mental you're and, a mental and athlete musicians too there was um you know when musicians get off stage they're playing in front of large audiences then uh there's that gen there's that peak and that peak allows them to drink more booze than they normally would and then they wake up the next day they're crashed and they've got to figure it out. How do you get through the next day? And usually mm -hmm. it it doesn't start right away, but it, it starts with drinking before the next gig, you know, instead mm, of like, yeah. maybe they start drinking after the show, like, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And they do that mm -hmm. for a little while. And then whatever, whether it's weeks or months later, they start drinking before the gig, just even if it's one or two beers. Yeah. And then before they know it, they're drinking at lunchtime. And then if they're really hardcore, they're drinking at, at breakfast from the time they wake <laughs> up and they're drinking yes. all that long. And then that's what happens to guys like, um, you know, Guns N' Roses or whatever. Um, mm. You know, it just it just becomes this kind of uh, this addiction loop. Right. Just you, yes. you're trying to balance the your energy levels. Yeah, you, you, you're trying to get to homeostasis. So the body's like, okay, well, um, you're jacked in adrenaline right now. So you need to either numb it with something like, like, I don't know, 50% moonshine, or you need to just, you know, go <laughs> meditate for a bit. And you're like, okay, I, I, I like the moonshine option. Right. <laughs> and you're like, okay. But yeah, I agreed. Like that, that part is like, there's a, if you Google like skateboarders or like professionals, I would say like not 20%, maybe. I don't know, maybe around 20% is like they get out of it and get super hardcore into alcoholism. Because right. I, I, if you're, if you're constantly jumping towards tigers and stuff, 
right? You're going to be like, fuck, right? And then so I got to bleep that. At uh, You start uh, feeling superhuman too. You start yeah. feeling like you can take on more than you, than, you, than you really can. And you might be able to take it on for the first week or two or month. Mm-hmm. Will, things catch up and everyone's got a different way of dealing with it. I mean, not everyone who's prone to uh, feeling, feeling that way is going to revert to alcohol. There's other, yeah. there's a million other drugs people can choose or people can, sure. you know, there's, you know, I think it was the, uh, the singer in the chili peppers and the singer in Aerosmith, they went, they became sex addicts mm-hmm. and they, because they could, right. They had the time yeah. and they were rock stars and women were, you know, available to them. So everyone's got a different poison that's going to, that they try and use to balance. And usually that, you know, call it medicine, right? It's like you're mm-hmm. trying to find something to 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 keep you balanced. And whether your mm-hmm. medicine is is alcohol or, or some other drug or whatever you choose, uh, in most cases, the, people choose a bad medicine. Yes. You know, we, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Going back to AI and extinction, so I was at a. Show. <laughs> it's like the hard turn back to extinction. <laughs> I want to eventually bring it back to to to. Um, it's like let's talk to, about being extinct. Again. To blockchain and um, <laughs> and foolish investing. Um, <laughs> back to investing in extinction. Foolish, and, uh, foolish investing, not oh, just man. investing, but foolishly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's, mm, that's a great. So, like look at the, look at that whole look at that whole craziness that we just like. Yeah, it's like that's humanity right now. It's pretty actually accurate too. Like this is where we are. <laughs> the um, I was at a, a trade show in San Diego. Uh, oh, this is like 1995. It was about storage storage networking world. And one of the, the talks was, it started out with, um, uh, no, I forget exactly the, the phrase, but um, survival is not mandatory. And, it, and, you know, they showed a couple of slides of, of various uh, animals and organisms that went extinct that were dominating on the planet for far longer than humans have dominated. Mm-hmm. So, and it was about technology. It's like, you know, the survival of, of your technology company or your technology um, product is not, it's not mandatory. There's no rule in the universe that says that um, our species or, or us as individual people uh, or the, whatever products and, and companies we build will survive, right? So mm-hmm. we, that's up to us to, to be aware and on top of things like that. So I don't think that AI is necessarily going to, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a one or the other um, uh, end result. Like if you look at like nuclear uh, energy, there's, there's, you know, rules and limits on, on nuclear, there's still rules and limits on gun ownership um, and where you, and where you can buy guns. And and that varies obviously by country. And it also, depends on where you can take your gun, whether it's uh, you can take your gun into legally into um, certain um, shopping malls, conceal and carry, like every culture, every every country, even every state in the U.S. has different rules on that. Um, obviously, if you look at the gun culture in the U.S., the, the rules are, um, it, you know, it's, a, it's such a heated debate because the, the rules I don't think are helping. Um, at the same time, I don't think the problem is gun ownership. I think it's a mental health problem. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, there may be some issues around in gun ownership. Like, do you really need to be able to, uh, should someone be able to buy high powered, uh, you know, semi automatic uh, weapons without any ID? Um, I, I don't know if they need ID to buy uh, weapons and, or bullets, but like, I think there should be better balances like to, to go hunting and or fishing in Canada and even in the US um, you need a license but I don't think you need a license to want a gun in the US <laughs> but in Canada you need a firearms license right yeah. so weird eh? I think there and, are some checks some checks in the states it when depends it on to the state too in Canada if you want to go hunting you need both a hunting license and a firearms license and there's tests you have to take a two separate tests mm-hmm. so there's checks and balances, but those checks and balances are put in at a human level. And if the humans, and this is Elon Musk's biggest um, 
concern with AI is that those checks and balances will not be put in place soon enough and quick enough. And mm. his analogy right. is seatbelts in cars were only made law, I think after it might have been like 20 years after cars were on the market. And it was mm-hmm. only because people were dying. They didn't make it law mm. to 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 they weren't proactive. They're, the laws are generally reactive. reactive. Yeah. And you can look at it going back to blockchain. <laughs> um, yeah. The regulation on crypto and, and blockchain is reactive. Like they should have mm. been looking at regulation on cri- and and into crypto. I don't know, like, um, you know, like f- three, four five years ago, they've waited mm. so long that it's become such a heated issue <clears throat> and everyone's. If you're looking for a unique, high quality puzzle experience, then Wongo Puzzles is for you. Their puzzles are handcrafted and made of premium quality wood, ensuring a long lasting and enjoyable puzzle solving experience. Why settle for mass produced plastic puzzles when you can have a one of a kind handmade Wongo puzzle? For 10% off Wongo Puzzles, use the coupon code CODEPLAY. Rushing to try and figure it out, whether it's at the yeah. government level or at, or at the, the companies that are going to be affected, like the Coinbase's of the world. And it's just, it's like this scramble to try and figure it out. And there's a lot of misinformation. It, so people are, they can't, they're not willing to step back and take the time, it, you know. So I don't know. I can't predict the future. That's what I've what I've learned from looking at price action on stocks and crypto. Right. And um, I also know that most other people can't predict the future. And I look at when people are saying that you know the stock market is going to crash, we're going to have a big crash, you know, in three months or six months or whatever. Ninety percent of the time, people are wrong. Maybe ninety-five percent of the time, people are wrong. And you know, eventually, there, there's I would, you know guess that there's going to be either a really big crash coming up, um, whether it's one year or two year or three years, I don't know. Uh, my limited economic understanding is that they can keep delaying the crash by printing more money, which right. will cause more inflation. But if you print more money today, I think it takes a good six to 12 months before that that effect to show up in, in the inflation numbers. Hmm. So they can they can keep kicking the can down the road um, yeah. and they can keep printing money. And then can they battle inflation with more money? Can they just say, who cares about debt? Let's just print more money and, as we need it. And hmm. uh, if, so I, I don't know how, how they're going to they could do that without taming inflation. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, our here in Canada, I think, you know, I, I get his name wrong all the time, but um Anyway, so Pierre, the conservative guy, is talking about making Bitcoin. Um, I, I'm not not sure if he was talking about using it or making it a legal tender, mm-hmm. like the in El Salvador. It's a currency. I think that would be right. the same as a legal tender. But he wants to make Bitcoin something that's more um, commonplace than just being able to buy it, like I mentioned before, in an ETF or on a, on an exchange. Yeah. Right, like buy it at CIBC or yeah. RBC or you know buy it at like, you know, have it in your account, just like other money. Well, here, here's where I was going. He wants to stop printing money. But mm-hmm. my understanding, again, is limited, is that if Canada stops printing money or say the U.S. stops printing money, but all the other G20 countries keep printing money, they're going to mm-hmm. have more money than we do. They're going to have more buying power to, to buy our, uh, mm-hmm. our goods and services at a lower cost. So I, yeah, but- I think we're... Our All dollar is going to go up, right? Well, our dollar would be more at parity with the United States, right? It would be more valued if we print less of it, which means we can buy more stuff at, for like um, a dollar. We could buy yeah, a country buy... for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it because our, we, we only printed one dollar and we can buy our exports will suffer, but our, our imports will be, will be better off, mm. right? I, I don't, that's All a right. good point. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know I, that stuff what, either. What if they print so much money before that our currency gets a chance to rebalance that they can just mm-hmm. go boom and swipe up a bunch of stuff? You know, like there's delays yeah. in 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 when you increase here, it doesn't always increase here or decrease here right away. There may be some lag, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like my understanding is again limited that uh, all the G20 countries are all playing very much the same economic game, the same reserve currency, the U.S. dollar that. <laughs> We kind of all have to keep printing money at the same rate. Otherwise, one's going to fall down. 
Like the guy that stops printing money isn't going to go up higher than the other guys. My understanding is yeah. he'll go down lower. Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to, to their, their, their economy and, and their um, unemployment to be lower, right? Everyone mm. wants yeah. the GDP to go up. So everyone has to keep printing money at the same rate to balance. So yeah. it's, yeah. um, this is where Bitcoin comes in. That's what exactly. That's why I love Bitcoin is because you can print your own like you can mine it. You know, I'm not sure if there's any left to be mined, um, oh, yeah. but and and correct me if I'm wrong. Bitcoin is finite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Meaning that you can only have so much. And once it's all mined, it's done because of whatever algorithm set up. And then it just makes it more valuable over time. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. it. We all everyone possesses all the Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah. It can't be further mined. And it's perceived value. It has no utility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I was telling my kids about that. They're like, oh, is this, um, cause, uh, I think one of them wanted, um, I guess just like a, uh, you know, an earring that was like, you know, fake diamond earring. And then one of my kids was asking like, why is this one like 10 bucks? And it looks the same as this one. That's a thousand. And I said, this is crazy. Okay. This is what people do. They go into a cave and they get a shiny rock and they come out and they're like, this one's worth a million. And then they go with it. This is what humans have done. And we're just, we bought it. We're like, yeah, that one is rare. Definitely rare. I'm like, listen, it's a rock. Okay. You found it in a <laughs> cave. It has no inherent value. It has the value that you, I guess are. And we've, we've all agreed that diamonds are what forever or whatever. It's like, that's crazy to think about that. Can you imagine yeah. if you just went into your house right now and got a piece of wood and you're like, this is a million dollars. Like this is like, Mental, yeah. right? I mean, like, why? I mean, but that's the thing, what yeah, happened obviously. with the NFT, with the the JPEGs on the NFT market. People were paying like you know whatever, hundred k, three hundred k for an NFT, which was just yeah. a JPEG. And then a lot, of, I think like we talked about this before. A lot of people became confused about what an NFT actually is. Yeah, right. That's only one use out of like literally hundreds or thousands of uses for an NFT. Um, but you know, diamonds used to be. Uh, I think they were only used in industry for drill beds, right? Back yeah, in like yeah, because they're maybe strong. Maybe the nineteen twenties, and then uh, the De Beers diamond mine decided they had a marketing campaign. Someone was, I guess, a marketing genius that was like, "Well, they they look nice and shiny. Let's market them as as wedding rings and and make them more appealing than a gold wedding ring." So then, you know, people at one point didn't want diamond jewelry. They, I think rubies were valued, but not diamonds. And then mm-hmm. they um, they made, did some marketing campaign to make it so that diamond rings became uh, this wanted, desired thing, mm-hmm. um, more so than a wedding ring. And they were just able to control the markets because they they started buying up all the diamond mines and controlling the distribution of yeah. them. And now ask any and ask any woman if she's okay with not getting a diamond ring for yeah. you know a w- engagement whatever. Just say hey, uh, can we not do rings? Yeah. Like how did they get <laughs> that marketing play where now that every female like in a you know homogeneous whatever uh, you know hetero I don't not that word I'm saying like where you're married one person not a polygamist whatever that is Mon- right? monogamy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, monogamous. like monogamous. <laughs> like, how do they capture all of the women? Like, to be like, okay, yeah, you want this, and they're like, yes, we do. Like, how did that conversation go down with the group? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like yeah, crazy. they did their they did their their Whatever research, they and they uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like marketing <laughs> cigarettes to you know. There's pictures of the Marlboro Man or or people doing you know playing baseball and smoking a cigarette. Like right. they, they did a really good marketing job of it. And then the displays in the stores, they would have, um, if, you know, if they had enough money, they would pay to have diamonds right there all spread out. Then the gold rings are kind of like just in the side here. Yeah. So the focus is here. And then, you know, whatever brochures in the store and the salesman is paid extra commission to, to pitch diamonds versus gold. Yeah. So I like mean, you know, yeah, yeah, they have these properties. They're amazingly shiny, right? And I, I suppose women love that that shiny that shininess. But like you yeah. said, Carl, they were they artificially restricted the market, and uh, that's that's the reason why we look at diamonds like they're like they're diamonds, mm. right? Just super smart play. Yeah. How are you guys doing for time? Yeah, well, probably probably in the next five or something. 
I'll just sure. put a pause point at 48 point, sorry, 40, give me a sec, 48 point 30, and then we'll probably go to 55. Is that good? Sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever's okay. good for you guys. Um, we didn't really touch on too much of the bullet points I sent you guys um, yeah. for possible talking points, which is fine. And like we're, we're having a, a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about or ask me about? Yeah, there was one, Rui, that I was interested in. Like, I'm not sure if we have enough time, but the smart contracts part was really interesting to me. Yeah, same here. And it, that's a little more elusive to me because I'm just an investor and kind of nice to know how the smart contracts play into the whole crypto thing. I mean, I've never actually looked at a smart contract. So I thought Taproot, which was uh, the name of a Bitcoin upgrade was for smart contracts. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was doing some more Googling this morning because it's been a while since I looked at Taproot. And I don't think it is. But um, here, just looking at Google, does Bitcoin have smart contracts? Bitcoin transactions can lock a specific amount of Bitcoin to a script. And this amount can only be unlocked for spending when predefined criteria are met. Therefore, in a sense, all Bitcoin can transactions are smart contracts. But that's just, that's a smart contract that you cannot program yourself. That's like just fixed right. for Bitcoin transactions. All right. So, so it's probably so, up to the implementer of the cryptocurrency or not the currency in, in the token to like say what kind of smart contracts they might implement or might not implement, right? Um, well, I think right now there's no smart contracts on Bitcoin. Um, on Bitcoin, like you cannot do a smart contract the way you can with Ethereum, right? So with Ethereum, you can you can program a smart contract to do all kinds of different things um, and, and create DApps that are like Uniswap for your own uh, decentralized exchange. Um, you can't do that on Bitcoin. So those are two completely different platforms. They don't talk to each other. Ethereum does all. not talk to Bitcoin. There, I do believe there's um, smart contracts that may be coming out for Bitcoin as a separate. It might be a separate blockchain that that works in parallel with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. If you look at, um, if you look at like Ethereum, it ha Ethereum started out with smart contracts. It's basically uh, I would call it like um, I think they were calling it the world computer or something like that. It's a distrib mm -hmm. basically a distributed computer. You can run code on all these distributed server nodes. Like folding at home? Um, Do you guys remember that? Where like you could hook up your PlayStation 3 to fold some proteins oh, yeah, with yeah. distributed cloud computing. And then yeah. if you're able to fold one, then you get like a credit or something like, kind of like mining, but like yeah. it was that distributed GPU processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was a, another crypto uh, currency called uh, Theta, which is doing um, streaming video. And they had a, a streaming app that you could actually run folding um, mm -hmm. on. Mm. And there was Steady was another one. It's a similar concept with smart contracts. And, and, but instead of just running folding at home code, mm -hmm. um, you can run custom code if you're, not, you're a developer. And that custom code can be to basically any kind of an application that wants to access a distributed ledger. And that could be... Um, like OpenSea, the NFT marketplace. It can be Uniswap, a DEX. It could yeah. be um, like these uh, lending protocols like Compound or Aave. They're all running on Ethereum. And um, the, But there's also uh, a few other scaling solutions for Ethereum, which are separate blockchains. So there's if this is the Ethereum blockchain here, so I'm going up and down. And then there's another blockchain here, Polygonmatic, they have two names because they changed their, their token to Matic. Matic does scaling. So Matic bulks up um, transactions. So instead of doing uh, whatever the transaction, like there, you know, each block can do a certain number of transactions on Ethereum. Matic can do more transactions per block. And then so Matic transactions happen can happen faster and at a lower transaction cost because they bulk mm. up transactions and then Matic will dump those transactions into the Ethereum blockchain. Now there's risk to this because if Matic gets hacked, 
Like if Ethereum could be, their code base could be like rock solid, secure. But if there's a bug in Matic or Matic gets hacked, then that transaction could get lost before it gets validated um, on the Ethereum blockchain. But my point about that is there's people are solving problems using separate blockchains. Now, Ethereum is also working on a native scaling solution. I forget mm -hmm. what the code name is for it. Um, Cardano is working on a native scaling solution. But going back to Polygon Matic, they're not the only scaling solution for Ethereum. There's a few different ones. There's Avalanche and Optimism. And I think some of them are doing more than just scaling. So such that if Ethereum just price crashes and people stop using it, you can still write dApps on Avalanche or Optimism. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's and then, you know, if you look at the way um, Poly, uh, sorry, Polkadot works there. They have like a hub and smoke spoke model where um, there's I, I think of it like block, a blockchain of blockchains or they call them side chains or parachains. They all have different terminology, but it's almost like an array in computing where an, mm -hmm. each cell of an array can contain another array, array, which in turn can contain more arrays. So you can have multidimensional blockchains that are all kind of connected to each other, but they mm -hmm. have to be written so they're interoperable. So to go back to your initial question, smart contracts and Ethereum will not work on, on Bitcoin. However, you can have wrapped Bitcoin, which is sits on Ethereum, and then you can use smart contracts on Ethereum to interact with wrapped Bitcoin. But to get your Bitcoin from a Bitcoin blockchain to mm -hmm. wrap it, to put it on Ethereum, you're no longer, you're, you're, Bitcoin's no longer secure on the Bitcoin blockchain. So you're converting it. So now you're relying on the security and the, uh, and the integrity of the code on the Ethereum. And right. also the project that wraps that Bitcoin, mm -hmm. that, that's, so there's the, the, there's the Ethereum blockchain and then there's the, the project that creates the wrap uh, Bitcoin. How decentralized is that project? Right. Are the owners going to do a, a rug pull, like some, you know, be like the next Do Kwan and take all your Bitcoin? So there's mm -hmm. a lot of like risks to, to when you're moving stuff off chains, when those chains are still um, like basically startup companies. You don't know how many, you, know, you don't know how many people work at that company. You don't know how many developers are there. You don't know right. how, how much of their code is open source, unless you're like right into this stuff and you're just like, and you and you really have your nose to the to the ground, mm -hmm. um, but I I do believe there's projects working on smart contracts for Bitcoin, and some of them maybe I don't want to say I don't know. Some of them maybe um, separate blockchains, yeah, and some of them maybe uh, upgrades to the existing Bitcoin system, but or the Bitcoin chain. But there's been my understanding is there's been a lot of resistance for to changing Bitcoin by to add smart contracts mm -hmm. because the, the that the, the goal and the nature of Bitcoin isn't to become a, a supercomputer. Right. It's not to allow you to create DEXs and exchanges on Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's you know, they don't want to take the focus away from Bitcoin. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is. what is it even? It's just a scarce resource. If you, you mentioned all these other projects, they have some kind of um, reason behind them or utility. Mm -hmm. And you know, ones are DEXs, ones they they convert things. Another one they um, they handle file storage. But literally, Bitcoin does nothing, nothing at all. It just sits there. It's just it's just pretty. a scarce resource, like a diamond. So they, uh, this is there's a I mean, clip yesterday. Yeah, there's a clip yesterday from Elizabeth Warren. The con she's a senator in the U.S. and she was saying that Bitcoin is nothing, and mm. uh, commodities like silver and gold or platinum are, are actually physical, tangible things. Mm, and then yeah. right after her clip, um, it segued to Michael Saylor. That was you know he was going on about Bitcoin is um, you know it's energy. It's a um, uh, and actually one what really got me there was he was going. Um, Video has been um, dematerialized to digital. Mm -hmm. Books and words have been dematerialized from the printed uh, page to digital. Mm -hmm. And now money using Bitcoin or via Bitcoin has been dematerialized from physical money to digital money. Yeah. Right. 
So if Bitcoin is nothing, then Netflix is nothing. And so is right, right. Um, Spotify is nothing. So how right. can Spotify be worth however many billions they're worth on the stock market and generate revenue and jobs for people if they're nothing? Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, you know what? That's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't uh -oh. want to agree with Elizabeth Warren, so I'll, I'll retract <laughs> what I what I just said. <laughs> Do you know what I just realized? Like when you were talking about this, like how does this? All these coins are different. It's almost like what what they need to do is morph the stock market into like forget stocks for let's say they didn't exist. The companies as stocks didn't exist for a second. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that when you found a new or when a company goes public or maybe even before that it gets a currency right and the and that currency has some kind of a uh feature and functionality like we're talking about bitcoin has this where cardano has this and you know they implement these things it's almost like those are the apis of the stock coin of that company but that it's a little different because like some of those are decentralized meaning that no one really owns them right um but it's almost like it'd be nice to have like you know if a company gets big, they have their own, you know, crypto, but that's basically what gets traded and tra it's almost like the crypto needs to connect with the, the company as a stock. But how does that work for companies that, sorry, uh, crypto that's not related to a company, just someone created it or, or whatever, but it'd be nice to say, Hey, I have like, Oh, how much uh coin or crypt, uh, Bitcoin? It's like, Oh, I got this or whatever. It's like, I also got like a hundred facebook bucks or whatever but that's a crypto coin but that's also mm -hmm. the stock i'm not sure if I'm, I'm what i'm saying makes sense but that kind of connection could be cool where when you invest in a crypto it's also a company but probably gets away from the decentralized part of it because then it's centralized at that company right but i wonder if you guys think there'll be more company or maybe already is there companies offering their own crypto coin yeah i think so right carl um what, well, what do you mean companies? Like, because uh, I know Crypto.com is a company. And no, I meant like, do, is there like a a Tesla coin? Is there a, I know oh, like I Elon made Doge or or just threw the idea out there or whatever it was. But like, is there a coin for a company right now? You know what I mean? Like Didn't some companies toy with that. Was it EB Twitter Games box. wanted to do it? Oh, really? Like some company was toying with that. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there's a few, but they're not they're not really hitting my radar um, because, you know, they're like in the they're not in the top 100 market cap. So they're not mm -hmm. big projects. Um, yeah. If you look at Crypto.com, they have their own token and Cardano's token is used for uh, okay. Cardano. For example, the Cardano token is used for same as the Ethereum token. It's used for for transaction fees. But people are buying the token as an investment, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, do you really want to invest in something that's really just used for a payment system, like a, a payment token for right. transaction fees? And people, people are. It's, um, I, you know, I think in the long run, uh, stock markets will eventually get on the blockchain and just go 24-7. Yeah. And they'll have, you we'll know, see. maybe they will own their own blockchain that won't be decentralized. Um, but it's all going to come down to the government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I, it's also like there's government, but there's also, um, you know, what do the big banks want? What do the big investors want? You know, there's mm -hmm. there's still like the government generally is going to do in most countries what the the you know, they're going to follow the money, right? So what do the big guys right. want? What do the banks want? What do the whales want? Do they mm -hmm. want 24-7 trading? The, um, you know, it, are they going to just squash the crypto market? Because ultimately, one of the advantages and one of the, the reasons crypto is so popular is because people can trade it and buy it and sell mm -hmm. it in in off hours, like on weekends or, or late at night. Right. Not have to worry right. about the checking market it doesn't close kind of thing. Yeah. And they don't have to worry right. about whether the order was executed. If they place an order at nighttime on the regular stock market, you don't have to check right. it the next day to see if it was executed. You see it pretty much right away. Yeah. It's pretty old you know, fashioned to think that the like the stock market closes. That's like, you know, it's like no, like the you, you can order from Amazon at any time. Right. But there like could be some unforeseen reasons, right? We don't know. There's some unforeseen reasons mm -hmm. why it closes. And if it was yeah. profitable, I guarantee you that that would be open 24-7. There's a reason they risk it. Sure. And, and most yeah. of the money is in the stock market.
like big players are in the stock market, not mm. in crypto right now. Mm. Uh, so possible. if it was profitable, it's yeah. po- I'm just thinking it's possible that they're just running legacy code that's like 30, 40 years old code on yeah. their on those systems, and the the risk of changing yeah. of what might be a bunch of spaghetti code mm-hmm. could be um, it could just be too much. Um, yeah. And all the and all the paper paper documents too for the past like 150 years they have they have to keep track of and the times and stuff. Yeah, and then yeah, there's I mean, the middleman, right? There's the middleman. factors. Are, there's the middleman in place that um, you know a 24 seven blockchain based system would would um, eradicate. And if those middlemen mm-hmm. are are making enough money to have enough sway over what goes yeah. on, they have enough voting rights for uh, you know. Um, how the the Nasdaq or whatever uh, the Dow Jones or sorry the New York stock market is run, then then they're gonna they're gonna protect themselves, right? So there's probably some protectionism exactly. in there too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Money talks, man. All right, so we uh, we delved super deep into this day. We kind of went all the way to oblivion and back again, and I think we're all gonna die in the best way possible. Hold on, we're gonna live, right? <laughs> that was the. Uh, we're yeah. going to eradicate it this time, or do we lose this time? What's your? Uh, what's I think your th- this time around, it's gonna. We're gonna lose. Okay, the we're story's done. not gonna change. And then, Carl, what do you think? We're done, right? Well, I just going back to what Rudy <laughs> said last time. Um, invest foolishly, and uh, now I forget exactly what you said. Ah, uh, yeah, invest stupidly, and you'll be stupidly rich. Right. <laughs> Don't uh, take that advice. No, but I think you said invest foolishly and you'll be foolishly rich or foolishly wealthy. Yeah, some, something and like that. I, I can't recall. I was recall. thinking about that because I didn't really react to it when you said it because it was kind of like on on a, my own little train of thought. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of truth to that. If you invest foolishly, you will be um, wealthy, foolishly wealthy, even if you lose all your money. You'll have right. a wealth of knowledge of what not to do next time. <laughs> oh, that's nice. very true. That's why it's, <laughs> it's uh, very important to fail. And uh, that's yeah. what's made me so successful. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just like pure <laughs> failures. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Carl. We'll have, probably have you back uh, every couple of weeks, just go yeah, dipping into this uh, stuff. And I love how this went super organic up and down and back again. And uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Carl. Uh, thank you, Rui. Yeah. Take care, okay. everybody. Thanks, have a good guys. day. Yep. We'll, we'll see you Appreciate guys it. next time. Take care.